Hey everyone, Josh White here with the Hero Front Podcast. Just got done with an awesome episode learning all about Senior Airman Belle Anderson, stationed at Andrews Air Force Base, Maryland, in the Guard. She doubles as an NDI inspector and works in the, wait for it, best career field in the Air Force, Base Honor Guard, uh, where she does military funerals and also does the scheduling behind the scenes. We get to learn her Air Force story, hear her thoughts on leadership, good and bad. Uh, We learn about her thoughts on resiliency, never giving up. Just to paint a picture of what kind of airmen we're talking about here, back in 2017, when Puerto Rico was struck with disaster, she helped raise 100,000 pounds of donations to send to Puerto Rico, and she did it by just inspiring others. She's full of optimism. Um, I get fired up reading her post, reading her journey. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Belle Anderson, please follow her on Instagram. That's where she kind of tells her story the most. Her Instagram handle is life underscore E-S underscore Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Without further ado, this is the Hero Front Podcast, Senior Airman Bell Anderson. All right, what's up, everyone? My name is Josh White. I'm here with one of the earliest episodes here on the Hero Front Podcast, and I have an awesome guest today. Her name is Senior Airman Bell Anderson from Andrews Air Force Base. She's in the guard over there. Um, So happy to have you on here. And the reason that I asked you to be on here, by the way, and I didn't tell you that in our in our pre-interview here, but I asked you to be on here because the positivity that you have is unreal. Like even if I'm having a bad day and I see your posts, like I get hyped when I see your posts. Like they because it, it seems like you're just speaking from the heart when you put these messages out there. And so I really appreciated that. I saw the retirement ceremony um, when you were uh, honor guard. You folded the flag for the command chief. And I thought that was just a beautiful ceremony. It was at the air force Memorial. And I was like, this airman is very special. And I had to have you on here. And so I'm going to put you through what I call the hero's gauntlet, where I ask you uh, a few questions that are kind of fun just to get to know you. And I'm totally stealing this from the shadows podcast and the llama lounge. So if you're a fan of my podcast, definitely check those out. All right, Bell. So first question here, what is your spirit animal? <laughs> That's a good one. I think, I don't even know where to, what would be my spirit animal? I would think it's a dolphin. I think. A dolphin? I thought you were going to say dog because you love dogs. <laughs> yes. Um, I do have a lot of dogs at my house. I do take them in and I do help take care of them. It's mostly my guardsmen. Um, they go on leave and then they don't have a place to take their dogs. So I just say, hey, I have a house in the backyard. Bring them here and I'll take care of them while you're gone for one week. And that's just um, being and, you know, being there for one for one another as, as an airman um, and being part of an organization. Um, but it would be a dolphin. It would be. Um, I feel like my spirit animal would be a dolphin. I love the ocean. Um, I think they have a lot of space um, to to be free. And um, that just seems to be me, always trying to escalate to something new and try something new. And I think um, they're very happy and friendly. And and, um, that seems to be like my personality as well. They're social. So if it was to be my spirit animal, I would pick a dolphin. I love that. My daughter uh, and my son, we just took them to a spot here in Florida where they got to see a dolphin show and my daughter was just screaming. Like she just, it just blew her little mind. So that's great. I love that answer. Okay. Next question. I know you're an avid reader. 
which is great because, you know, the new phrase is, or maybe it's not even new, it's new to me, leaders are readers or readers are leaders, one or the other. You get what I'm saying. Your favorite book, you know, I, I love asking people who love to read, especially, you know, that post about books and they're always talking about what they're reading, what your favorite book is. What do you recommend? Wow. Um, so I read way too many books. Um, I read a lot of books in my classes and I read a lot of books about self-improvement. If I could give you my favorite book, it would be The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and I think that's a great book to start off with um, and just developing that mindset. Whatever mindset you currently have may not be working for you. You may want something more. And there's always been someone that's done it before you. So why not learn from the best? And that's why there's books out there because someone has already overcome that problem. So if you feel like you are stuck, then, then pick up a book. And I would start off with that one. So that would be my favorite book. Nice. I love that book as well. What do you think about when you're driving alone in your car? What is my next move? I am planning and I'm scheming to see how I'm going to help out the next person that, that needs it. Oh, I love that. Okay. And the last question, um, and this is kind of more personal just because I know you a little bit from your post online. Where does your positivity come from? Because that drive, that fire, not everyone has that, you know? Um, and, you know, with you, I've noticed you're very consistent about it. You speak from the heart. Like, where does that come from? How do you, how do you generate that kind of positivity? I think in, uh, in, the, in the world that we live in today, and we don't have to go into deep into that conversation because we all watch the news. We all know how separated everyone is regarding issues, even though we all live in the same country and we should be um, evaluating the, the current issues together and moving forward together. Um, and so that's where my positivity comes from. I believe you need to be an example. I believe um, if you want the community to change or become stronger, that you should be proactive and that you shouldn't sit back and watch the news and criticize what everyone else is doing. Um, and you shouldn't be a product of that type of news either. Um, so that's mostly where my, my hunger comes from. My hunger comes from self-educating myself, um, self-educating myself in emotional intelligence to be able to evaluate and comprehend those types of issues. And then my hunger comes from preparing myself and educating myself to one day, possibly in the near future, join that type of workforce to be able to create change and positivity to benefit our country because at the end of the day our country's best interest is what is what is what is needed dang okay that's awesome so i know you have a really cool air force story um but you know i just want to start from the, the beginning here and i just want to know where senior airman bell anderson came from and how she got here today <laughs> Um, where did I come from? What do you mean by like where I came from? Like, so like your, your childhood speak about that a little bit, like, let us know, um, you know, what shaped you into an adult from your childhood and then kind of roll into how that led to you joining the air force. Well, I didn't have a very, I didn't, 
my childhood was very difficult. So from a from a young age, I had to learn how to be responsible, how to not make excuses, how to make things, how to create things for myself. And um, and so from there, once I was able to find that for myself, um, I've been able to serve more and help people find that for for them too. Um, where I grew up in Virginia, I was born in Virginia, mostly um, raised in Northern Virginia, so always been close to DC. Um, and so politics and government has always been in, in my backyard is something that I have a huge interest in. Um, the drive and, and about education and, and furthering yourself has come from my father. My father, he's a very impressive man. Um, he is always working. He's always um, intellectually challenging himself. He is someone that came from a very poor background from Puerto Rico. And they found that he was actually incredibly smart in mathematics. So his teacher would start driving him to the city to start taking tests. From there, he went to college. And in college, he would do one internship with NASA and another semester in school. And once he graduated, NASA recruited him. So that story wow. alone, if you've ever seen the movie October Sky, mm -hmm. is one of my favorite movies because it kind of reminds me of my father. In that movie, it's about um, these, these young teenagers um, that live in West Virginia. And the only way to live, leave their town is if they're a football player, basically but they were super intelligent in, in mathematics and started building rockets. And that's how they were able to um, build their career just by um, building these rockets. And then they ended up being recruited with NASA as well. Yeah. In that movie, they, they saw the satellite and that like inspired them to kind of open their mind to the possibilities. And I love that movie and my family does. Cause I'm actually, I was born in West Virginia. That's where my dad is from. And so we always, you know, really love that movie. So that's awesome. Your dad was super intelligent, you know, from what I read about him. And um, it seems like he's a huge role model for you. Is, is that true? Yeah, he is. <laughs> so um, I want to hear about, you know, how you ended up joining the Air Force. Like, what was the moment that it clicked for you? And then you said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And how did you get here? So I've always wanted to join the Air Force. I just didn't know when was my right time. And I found that timing um, when, when I was in, in middle school and I saw the attack that happened in for, you know, the Twin Towers 9-11. I mean, what a devastating day. How could something so tragic like that happen on our, our own soil? You would think after Pearl Harbor, you know, we, we would already know how to prevent the next attack. Well, I, I take intelligence classes now and it has now become clear to me how 9-11 happened and you know more details into that and, and that background information. But the whole point is that was my turning point for me. Um, when I saw that happen, I said, it is when, when it is my right time and my right place, when I have the maturity, I'm gonna join the Air Force and I'm gonna go ahead and change things um, to better our community uh, for our nation. And that's yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, yeah, I was in high school, saw it on the news and, you know, I lived in D near DC in Waldorf, Maryland. And my dad 
you know, he, there was times where he worked at the Pentagon and, you know, when that was hit, I wasn't sure if, if he was there or not. And, you know, being a kid and seeing that it, it was really, you know, pretty shocking. And I think I, I joined for that. So, you know, I really admire you for uh, sharing that. And I think that's, that's um, something unique to our generation. You know what I mean? Yes. So one thing that I love about you, by the way, Bell, is that you are an honor guardsman. Oh. <laughs> uh, my favorite career field in the entire Air Force. And so I really admire that about you too. And so you, you're in the honor guard, but you're also in the guard uh, as an NDI inspector. Can you speak about that a little bit on what each one of those are? Sure. Um, so my original AFSC is I'm on non-destructive inspection. Um, like I mentioned with my father, I mean, uh, he always had me working in the garage with him. I was like his assistant. So even though I'm very, very good at administrative work and reading and writing and typing and all that stuff that you need to do for office work, I like to also get my hands dirty. So I said when I joined the Air Force, I wanted to be around the greatest planes in the world. So I had to work around with the airplanes and choosing my job non-destructive inspection allows me to do that. I um, basically your job entails um, lab work where we just inspect the plane for any cracks, internal cracks that is naked to the, to the eye or that's invisible to the naked eye. Um, because those cracks, if, if they're not taken care of, they can basically cause um, an, an accident. Um, so we do it through several types of inspections. We can do it through x-ray. Um, we also evaluate the oil. We burn it just to make sure that there isn't certain elements that is burning inside the engine that would, would need repair. Um, we also do it through liquid penetrant, which is super cool because we look through everything in a black light. Um, and we are basically the nurses of the plane. I mean, we check your oil, it's like take the blood and we do exercise the x-rays to check, you know, any broken bones. So that's basically that. what I do for the F-16s uh, for non-destructive inspection. And then with honor guard, I've been doing honor guard since tech school. I've been doing honor guard is just something about being an Air Force member and providing the customs and courtesies to prior members that have basically created and changed history um, for you to be where you are today. And That's so beautiful. how else to honor them than by doing honor guard. And so with that type of mindset, I started training um, with honor guard in tech school. I would bring down the flag at the uh, Naval Air Station in, um, in Pensacola, Florida, which was where my tech school, and we would do Reveille and bring down the flag. From there, it just um, went up. Um, I started working again with the color guard once I came back to my base after, after tech school. And then I fought my way through until they said yes to me to go into base honor guard and be on active duty orders. And I learned the job. I learned how to do funerals, um, ceremonies for retirees and for vets. If you're familiar, there are different ceremonies for the both. Um, we still did do some color guard events for them, uh, for the base and for the Pentagon. And little by little, my skills just ended up being um, handy in the office. So at this point right now, I have escalated to being an assistant program manager. Um, so I, therefore, I am uh, helping or 
verifying information that we receive from funeral directors. I dispatch the guard members. We update them with the information of the date, time, and location of where these funerals are. And I just basically organize uh, leaves and requests and appointments and scheduling wise. Um, and I, I'm also in charge of uh, after these guardsmen, they uh, meet 60 missions, they are able to qualify to get a, an achievement medal. So I also process those. I know all about that life. Holy cow. I've written, I don't know, 120 plus achievement medals. Um, <laughs> so if, you know, those who are listening, uh, she's talking about the military funeral honors doing base honor guard. And what you don't see and what most people don't realize is that half the battle is scheduling. It's working with the funeral directors. It's getting your team to the right place at the right time. And oftentimes the travel itself is more complicated and takes longer than the funeral. So there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. So whenever you see an honor guardsman at a funeral, uh, just know there was an insane amount of behind the scenes work to make that happen. So um, I definitely appreciate you doing that. Um, I, I had um, Staff Sergeant Amanda McConnell, Sergeant Jeremy Rutherford. Um, those were the full-time reservists that I hired. They helped me with the scheduling and they just did an awesome job at it. And I, I, I couldn't do it. Like I told you earlier, I had to find someone that could do it. Um, and so I know it's super, super duper difficult. So uh, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Um, I think it's really cool. And it's, it's the best job in the entire world. Uh, in my it opinion, really is. and the day when my three-year tour is over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really miss it. Yeah, when when my tour was over, I I was very, I mean, I was straight up depressed for a while. I I missed the camaraderie. I never felt such a deep purpose like that. Uh, it was the highlight of my career, best two years of my career, and yeah, I I I really really truly miss it. So enjoy every minute of it. Um, and, you know, tell me about that retirement that you performed. That was like a really big deal. What was that? So the retirement ceremony was the, for the Air National Guard Chief Master Sergeant Ron Anderson. And um, believe me, I was nervous. If, oh, I know you were. If you can't tell in that video, every single ceremony is very different. There's different obstacles that you have to overcome there, no matter how much training you have and you always have to adjust. Um, and it was being filmed live. Now how we know that we're living in these, these times, it's coronavirus times, there's no time to edit. Whatever mistakes happen, they're there visible. And, over, you know, 3,000 people are watching you at the same time. So we were selected by him. Um, we, the 113th color guard is all volunteer basis. And we just have a, have a, a bigger, um, we just have this, this drive in order to, to provide this, this honor to people who are well-deserving. So it's not like we're on orders, we volunteer, we were picked or we were asked and we provided the service. And I mean, there was a lot of high visibility on there, <laughs> high visibility people. And I had to walk up there <laughs> and pretend that I wasn't nervous. And sure, I folded a flag like a million times, but even then just every single step, just making sure that I'm only stepping with my left foot, that every single crease is precise, that I'm meeting every single time that I need to fold the flag at the right boundary and fold it with the, the correct amount of um, material. 
And I was nervous every single step of the way and I was able to complete it. And then of course you do the, 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 the full dress at the end and you're always thinking in your head, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. But um, yeah, I completed it and handed it off and it was very professional and he was very appreciative. He gave me a coin and he wrote me a letter and he even personally came and thanked us. And oh, wow. so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to meet a leader because he's a great leader as well himself and he's always recommending recommending books so of course when I met him I asked him sir what is the book that you recommend to me um, the next book to read because he actually um, I attended one of his briefings and he actually recommended the book start with why and so I have it in front of me right now I bought it and the one that he recommended to me that day was emotional intelligence. So go get that book too. <laughs> no, those are, that's really good recommendations. And he, he's an awesome guy. I added him on Facebook. Um, and me being from Maryland, we actually had a lot of, of mutual friends, but he posts, he's been posting leadership videos and he is, I got to get him on this podcast. I mean, he is the real deal. He is awesome. So I'm so proud of you for doing that. I thought that was so awesome. I know how nerve wracking that is. It was live. There's an audience. I tell Airman, if you can do honor guard, you can do anything. There's nothing that even compares to the pressure um, when you're holding that flag. So it's definitely getting out of your comfort zone. It's growing. It's serving others. It has everything about it you know, grows you as a, as an individual. Um, and it's not easy. And I think that's part of the experience. So that was really awesome for me to see. Um, I want to talk to you about leadership now. Do you, you know, how has that uh, impacted your career? What's your views on that? I think it's like one of the biggest topics that is circulate, circulating in the Air Force right now. Um, there's always that conversation about toxic leadership and how it's affecting the workforce and how it's affecting our airmen's well-being. I mean, of course, there's more factors that affect the, the airmen's well-being besides toxic leadership, but it seems to be more of the focal point. So um, naturally, I am a, a very good leader. Um, there's always room to improve, and that's why I'm reading. I always read a lot of leadership books. But when it comes to leadership for me, I don't like to lecture on how to be a good leader. I like to provide the example. So if I'm answering a phone call from my airman at three o'clock in the morning because they forgot a uniform and they need to go into my locker and borrow mine, I answer the phone. If I need to um, put everything to the side to listen to one of my airmen's well-being because they're not doing well and they're, they're going through something hard, um, in their personal life that they're unable to overcome, I definitely make the time to listen to them fully. I give them all the time of day needed in order for us to figure out how we can help them. Um, another part of being a leader is be approachable. That's the biggest one. You can't have airmen that think that you're too busy for them, that you're that, that you're angry, you know, or overwhelmed, they need to be able to feel that they can approach you at any time so that you know exactly what's going on in your shop. Um, because if you don't know, you won't be able to run it successfully. And, um, and that comes with a lot of hard work. You need to get to know your airmen inside out and being approachable allows you to do that. 
You need to know their likes. You need to know their dislikes. You need to know how they receive communication. And you also have to know how they like to communicate and you have to adjust. And you have to know that for each and in every individual person. And that's a lot of work and a lot of memorizing. But if you have the skill and the mindset to do it, believe me, you would be able to run a successful program. And, um, and one that is that has a, a very family oriented type of environment where everyone is helping one and each other out. So if you provide that example, sure enough, they start learning from you because believe it or not, airmen are eager to learn as well. And they look at these leadership positions in order for them to adapt and implement those same quality and skills that you are showing them. So I think that's a big topic. And, and I'm really glad that you highlighted that in, in this podcast. So have you ever dealt with toxic leadership? We had dealt with toxic leadership and actually that is one of the one of the leadership that I learned a lot about myself because toxic leadership is an interesting interesting environment. Um, what happens first is this the toxic leadership other people start adapting those same type of uh, those same type of characteristics because it's the only thing that is being um, given attention to and being recognized because it's, one how, it's how they, uh, it's how they survive too. Right. Like they're afraid. And, you know, if their leader is treating people like dirt now, you know, in their head, they're like, well, either I can stand up for these airmen and this leader come after me, or I can side with this leader and adapt their toxic traits and I'll be safe. So I, I feel like part of it's like a survival mechanism too. And that's exactly what was happening in, 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 my, in, in my shop. And it was very realistic to see because we read about toxic leadership all the time, but I never thought or imagined it would one day I would be living through it too. And even though as much as you try to take care of your, your, your airman's well-being, this person comes in and just completely sucks out the energy anyway. So no matter how much positivity you, one person gives, this person just comes in and just swallows it all. And then there I go, I, there I am trying to face it and overcome it. And you and just one person can't do it. It has to be a team effort. So um, I did see a lot of my airmen, um, their moods change. Um, they were being burnt out. And at one point I was afraid of how it was going to affect the mission. Um, we were working long hours every day with something different. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know, it was like being on eggshells. We didn't know if that person was gonna be in a good mood or in a bad mood and it could change from one hour to the next. And um, working that way was, was, was very difficult. And actually I learned a lot from that experience too. I learned how it was to have toxic leadership. That person was ended up being removed from the position because they obviously weren't best fit for it, but I'm actually still have a, a, a friendship with this person. And what I've noticed is that they just lacked mentorship, that they weren't ready for the position. It wasn't so much that he was a bad person. He had a good vision and he wanted to accomplish things um, in regards to that vision for the, the the shop but he just didn't have the skills to do it and I grew as a person because I thought about him in a certain way like oh this person you know is, is toxic he's unhealthy I need to stay away from him I, I don't want anything to do with him but later on I, I I wanted to kind of avoid him but I was like let's see you know let's Let's see how this person is doing. Let's see why they're reaching out. And I actually learned a lot from this person too that, you know, they are a good person. They just did not have the skill set to 
do that job at that time. Right. So I learned a lot from that too. Yeah. I've been, I mean, everyone's going to be in that position at one point or another. Um, I was in that position when I took over honor guard and I was scared, you know, and I, I had a choice to make, how was I going to, how was I going to approach this? And I think if you're afraid and you're not equipped, it's, it can be real scary. Um, and in my own personal experience, I just, you know, I, I, I asked for help straight up. I asked for help. I admitted what I knew and what I didn't know because carrying that, Oh, I know it all burden, you know, wasn't going to work. So, um, so I'm glad that you learned from that. I think we can all learn what not to do and what to do, right? Like you kind of need both examples. You need to see both. So that's a story that you're going to always carry with you. You can share it with your airmen. And I think it's great that you know them personally too. So you know, the behind the scenes, um, you know, what drives that person and what's going on in their head. That's, that's really valuable information, especially for an airman. Um, did you ever have a chance to work with a great example? Yes, um, we currently have an amazing NCIC and I'm going to put him on blast and he is, he is very family oriented. He really sees you as an individual. Um, he really cares about your concerns, your frustrations, whatever adversity you're going through. He, exactly like I, I mentioned before, I'm a good leader. He's very approachable. He drops everything to listen to the airmen. He provides very good mentorship. And he has been an amazing example to learn from because I also need that too. I also need someone to look, look up to and, and see where my skills can advance to the next level to be able to move up and help more people, right? So he has been an amazing um, mentor and leader. And he has also been connecting me and networking out so that I can um, grow my mindset and, and learn from other people as well. Who is this person? His name is Master Sergeant Lakeith Manson. Oh, nice. I, hey, you, you had to give him a shout out, right? I had to, I had to hear who this I guy is. I had to is. give him a shout out, yes. <laughs> he really cares about your well-being, and he's always giving us um, positivity in the group chat, in person. He's always firing us up, and everyone respects him, and has, he has really changed the environment of our program. So one person can make a difference, it looks like. One, one person, all we need is one good leader and they can definitely right. make the difference. Yes. That's awesome. Um, how about going into resiliency? What's your thoughts on that? Cause that's Actually, a big topic wanna, in I today's air force. One more thing about master Sergeant Manson. Oh yeah. Let's hear it. Quality and his character. He never takes all the credit for himself. He says he's only as good as his, um, his, his airmen. So he never will take credit for being, you know, an, an, an exemplary and amazing leader. He always say he had, one of the best support systems in order for him to be able to do his job. Dang, he sounds like a smart guy. Amazing. Yeah, so going back to resiliency. <laughs> That's a big buzzword um, in the Air Force today. Resilient. I've heard that word more, you know, the past year than I've heard the rest of the years combined. Uh, and it is a big deal um, because before COVID, the focus was on suicide prevention. We're still, that's still an issue and we're still focused on it. Unfortunately, we had to deal with COVID on top of that. And so resiliency now more than ever, being there for each other, uh, fostering those relationships, that is more important now in our lives than it ever has been before. You know, what, what do you do? Like, how as how an airman and in a leadership position, how do you, what's your thoughts on resiliency and how do you incorporate that in your life and your airman's life? Resiliency is something you can't run away from. 
is is the biggest factor of it you you have to learn to overcome to not give up there is going to be obstacles in your way that doesn't mean you can't achieve your goal that just means you have to plan around it um you don't want to stay down for too long because then you'll be missing out on a lot of opportunities and you may just be one hardship away from a breakthrough just keep that in the back of your mind and that's why resiliency is such an important topic um and I think um, one of my biggest resiliency um, obstacles or, or challenges that I, I go through mentally and physically are deployments. Deployments, wow, just preparing for it and getting ready for it mentally and, and all the fears and the anxieties. And I get excited. I'm like, this is something where I'm gonna grow more as a person in my character. And then once you're there, it's a different story. You're scared, um, you don't know what's next, but um, once you're there, you start learning the process and your job and the environment. And then you're like, hey, you know what? I can actually do this. It's not so scary as you think. And then by the time you know it, you're back home. Um, God willing, of course, if you make it home. And, um, and then you come home and you're like, I really did that and I really accomplished that. So I think one of the biggest challenges and where I grow the most in resiliency is in deployment. Wow, that's awesome. That's something that it sounds like you could carry on into your personal life. You know, when you get home, you can look back at that experience and say, you know, if I went through that, then I can get through pretty much anything. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um, are those any lessons that like you pass on to your daughter? Well, um, believe me, believe it or not, she's um, come across a lot of hardships herself. You know, me being a single mom, it's not like I could always be there um, being a mom 24-7 for her. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm a working mom. And so she had to learn to be independent and do some things on her own. And, um, and she really has. Um, right now, she goes to a military boarding school. I look up to her, believe it or not, she may look it up to me, but I look up to her um, at, at her age as a teenager, she's already been flying planes for a year and her plan is to become an astronaut. And so hope, we're hopeful she joins the Air Force Academy to join the, the Space Force and that we see her up there in the ISS one day doing research and um, helping our humanity advance in, in, in space. I love that your, your kiddo is just getting after it, flying airplanes and wants to be an astronaut. Like that's, that is awesome. I think she has a great role model. I think you're doing a phenomenal job. I see how proud of her that you are. And I see the, the awesome things that she's doing. So I think y'all are just killing it. I think you're just great example. You're a great example for a single mother in the military and how to raise a child the right way. So I look up to you for that. I mean, I'm, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Like I need to look at people like you and see what you're doing right um, so that I can adopt some of that. Well, I'm not perfect. That. I'll tell you that. I'm not perfect. But overcoming those adversities is what helps you build your character. And sure enough, being a single mom for me and my daughters, they definitely had to overcome adversity and build some um, thick skin uh, through that. So, you know. Um, I hope that my story more than anything, um, of course, you don't really share your personal story, or at least you're not supposed to is what I've been taught until you make it and you're, and you're successful. And to me, 
yes, I've, I've accomplished some successes, but I am meant for more. And so I don't really want to share my personal story too much until I make it. And when I make it, I want to be able to inspire others that feel that they can't, they where they're at, that they feel stuck, but you're not, you can overcome just because you're a single mom doesn't mean your life ended. Keep moving forward, create it for yourself. Look for those resources, self-educate yourself, um, pick up a book, um, find that mentorship and don't give up the resiliency, all those qualities that we talked about. And um, so little by little, I'm, I'm planting the seed and, and I hope that people are able to pick it up and, and really create something for ourselves because our nation really needs it. We need that strong characteristic to move our, our country forward. Has there ever been a time where Airman Anderson doubted herself? And if so, how did you get past it? That's a very good question. You put me in the spot. I doubt myself all the time. <laughs> I doubt myself all, uh, all the time. And then I, um, I take a step back. I look at the problem. Is it really a problem? Usually, no. There's always a solution to everything, unless it's death, right? So um, you strategize, you, you plan, and then you implement it. And then you overcome it. And you say, wow. I should have never doubted myself in the first place. So you're so fired up and you're, and you're always getting after it. Was there ever a time in your life where you weren't like that? Or have yeah. you always been like that? <laughs> There's been a time where I allow myself to stay down for too long. And guess what? I didn't progress or go anywhere in life. And my kids were that right there with me. Because if I don't pro progress in advance, your kids won't either. So if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your family. And I said, one day you wake up and you say enough, enough is enough. I'm not gonna be a victim. I'm gonna go out there and, and make things happen. And I haven't stopped since. Wow, so, so yeah, I, I could tell that you're appreciative of where you're at now. And that kind of told me that it might not have always been that way, right? Like that's kind of the vibe that I was getting. So how did you turn it around? A lot of people do feel like that. A lot of people are stuck. How, how did you get out of that? How did you start? kicking butt you know the way you are now read books that's what my dad <laughs> says gonna say it. read books <laughs> my you, dad says the same thing <laughs> you you're are, you're struggling with finances pick up a dave ramsey book you know someone already did it before you read and start start small um you're you you're struggling with money open up a rich dad poor dad book learn the different um mindsets between a self-employee and employee uh business owner and investor which one do you want to be which one do you want to stay stuck in which one do you aspire to one day you know create for yourself no one's going to do it for you so um yeah if if you want to learn about leadership books um tony robbins you read his stuff listen to his word um john maxwell read his books um jim Rohn. Those classics never go out of style. Zig Ziglar. So, so you started seeking education and just kind of allowed yourself to absorb all this information and that, that really helped get you out of that rut. Yeah, self-education will make you a fortune. And that is, that I believe that's a Jim Rohn quote. So if, if you could send a message back to Belle Anderson of the past, if you could huh? send her a message from you from the future now to help encourage her and where she's at, what would you tell her? 
No, everything happened at the right time at the right place. I was where, where I was supposed to be, where I was supposed to be at that time. And I'm at the right place where I'm supposed to be at this time. Fair enough. So a lot of what you're talking about um, is overcoming fear. Fear has been a, a big part of my life as well. Um, actually, most of my career up until probably my, I've been in 16 years now. I'd say fear held me back up to being in, in for about 12 years. I was holding myself back for about 12 years. I know how crippling fear is. I, it, you never get out of your comfort zone. You never get after it. You think you're going to fail. You think people are going to judge you. And suddenly everyone's passing you up and, and you're left behind because you were your own worst enemy. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you basically hit every point on it. At one point, you get tired of fearing everything and being in the same position, right? So it really is just a decision. When did Any it click for you? Um, I couldn't really tell you when it clicked for me because um, it was probably a long time ago <laughs> and I've been overcoming fear for a while. Believe it or not, there is some times where I do fall back because, um, you know, in the military, there's so much instability and mm. you are always being challenged on resiliency. I mean, I just recently bought a house during coronavirus in an area that I don't know. And it felt like a deployment literally because there's no support system and you can't really like reach out and meet friends because there's a coronavirus going on. And so, but uh, sure enough, if you are self-aware, if you know yourself, you know, your fears, your anxiety, your triggers, where those sources are coming from, usually they come from your childhood. Um, you can overcome it so that and, and recognize it and you can overcome it. So when it comes to fear, it's really getting to know where that source is coming from. And then which is getting to know yourself and then working through it, confronting it, because you can't run away from it from forever. Um, you will never go anywhere. Yeah, I remember when it clicked for me, uh, it was when I was at Whiteman Air Force Base. And it started with me helping with a commander's call. Oh. Like I realized at that point, I've, I've never set up an event at the group level. And I was super duper nervous about it. And, you know, when I got to that base, I said, I'm going to be a different Sergeant White. I'm not going to be the same me. Because when you PCS, you, get, you have an opportunity to change, right? <laughs> and so I took on that commander's call and it was terrifying, and but it went off without a hitch. It was awesome. I did a Christmas-themed one where people were singing, and all, everyone had their own little – every section had their own song that they presented, um, and it was really fun, a great time. That was my foot in the door, though. That was the, the opportunity where my mind said, you know what, I can do this, and I started taking on bigger and bigger and bigger things, and all that led up to me going to the base honor guard. Um, so that I've thought about this a lot, you know, as you can tell, and I, and I pin it on that particular situation, taking that commander's call on that changed everything for me. Do you have any moment like that where you really just stepped out of your comfort zone and just showed yourself I can do this? I mean, I've done it several times. I always surprise myself, but I, I really like the fact that you know where your breaking point was, because I think that's really important when it comes to your foundation and figure out your purpose and what your why is. Always go back to what to your foundation and remind yourself through those hard times why you do what you do. And that gives you the motivation to keep pushing forward. So 
So I really like that you actually remember your breakthrough because I don't remember mine. <laughs> we'll think about it and get back with me. <laughs> you will. <laughs> um, okay. So you know what? We're coming towards the end of our podcast here. So we have a, a few more things that I want to hit on. Um, one of them being uh, making mistakes. Making mistakes. How do you, when you, I mean, they happen all the time where human beings, do they make or break you? right? That's kind of the, the dilemma a big mistake puts you in. Yeah, mistakes. We make mistakes all the time, all the time, but you are human and mistakes are not failures and you have to have the mindset that they are lessons. So as long as you don't keep repeating the mistake, figure out what the lesson was and just keep going. Life is short. How much of, more, how much of an impression are you going to are you going to leave in this world? What, what kind of um, legacy do you want to leave? What is the little, um, what is your impact going to be? I mean, uh, we've had amazing leaders um, worldwide that we can look up to, you know, it can, it can come from athletes. It can come from uh, people, leadership in our government, um, spiritual leaders. And um, each of them were able to to leave a legacy and change people's lives for the better, even for the negative. But let's focus on the positive <laughs> ones. So which, which, which kind of impression do you wanna leave for the world? I mean, um, do you really wanna contribute um, to make it a better place? I mean, is that your purpose? And if it is, where? So I notice you think really big picture, like you have this vision of yourself in the future, the impact that you're gonna have uh, on others, you know, where do you see yourself in the future? I see myself maybe a director of an agency, a three-letter agency, maybe even director of FEMA, because I did help out with some hurricane relief and um, humanitarian aid in 2017. Um, somewhere in D.C., <laughs> But a, a big part of what you're going for is you want to you wanna help inspire others. Yes. Right? That's something I definitely notice. Um, one thing that you put here um, on a sheet that I had you fill out and that, that really caught my attention was unleash the hero in you and find your why. I just right. thought that was cool. Unleash the hero in you. Yes. That's basically you, finding you your purpose. That? I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in reading the books, I guess. Um, so what is unleashing the hero in you look like? Being selfless and serving. And you get to do that every day. Wearing this uniform, most definitely. Okay, so coming towards the end here, I want to get um, your Instagram on the radar. I want to hear about... Oh, yeah what you've created, why you've created it, and what we can expect going forward. Yes, so my Instagram is basically talking about all those different aspects of inspiring and motivating people to just get out of their comfort zone and giving them a little bit of information um, to motivate them. So it's about anything that I've learned on my, about my experience and my journey, um, new things that I'm looking into, things that I have worked for me. I want to be able to inspire others to build a career. I'm in the middle of building it and I've, I've accomplished 
a lot of things already just based on the books that I've read. So it is my Instagram, my, my place to share that knowledge with the world. Where, what better place to do it than on an international social platform to reach out to a lot of followers and be able to help them in that manner. So I'm doing it through, um, through pictures and through words. So it is called, um, you can follow me, send me the request. It's life underscore ES underscore bell. And it just basically means life is beautiful in French in Spanish and in English. <laughs> it's just mix and match. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering where you got that name. That's really cool. Um, no, I, I love what you're posting on there. I've been following it uh, really closely. And, you know, I love that you're a woman empowering woman. You're a Latina empowering Latinos, that you're always trying to learn something new. So I think, you know, as, a, as an airman in the Air Force and what you're putting out there, the positivity has just been awesome. Where do you see that Instagram page going? Like best case scenario, where do you hope it goes? I am hoping that one day people start reaching out to me and start telling me, hey, I changed their lives. And they start sharing to me their successful story and where they're at today and where they started at and where they were when they started following me. And I think that's what I, that's what I would really want back from that. Awesome. All right. So that pretty much wraps up the podcast, but I do want to um, let you say anything else that you, that we didn't talk about. Is there anything that you would want to let our future podcast listeners hear about you, your views or anything before we cut it off here? Um, basically not, not necessarily just, I hope that they learn a lot from, you know, what I have to say. I hope you interview me in the near future in like a year to see where I'm at. I'm sure I have new Ooh. things and new things to share. Yeah. And um, we can use this podcast as, as a place of where I started. Um, yeah. And so I would love for the, this, this podcast, the hero podcast, your podcast to just grow with me. So I'm excited to see where you would be at too. And I'm sure um, that, that would be super cool to be able to compare. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and people to see where you're at, where you're going and, you know, you're putting it out there that you want to help people. And I think that's really awesome too. Uh, we need more, you know, leaders to be selfless, you know, to be a senior airman in the air force and the honor guard. And, and how many times you mentioned being there for airmen, being selfless. I thought that was really awesome. I'm, I'm super proud of you. I'm proud to serve with you. Um, and I want to thank, thank you. you so much for taking this time to do this podcast. We will, let's mark the calendar. We're going to do this in a year. We're going to see where you're at. Uh, and that should be a really awesome talk as well. So I just want to tell you, um, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, y'all. That was the Hero Front Podcast, one of our first episodes with Senior Airman Bell Anderson. And we are signing off.